Okay. Is there so, is there an intro or something? Uh, I should do an intro, right? I, I did one before, <laughs> you know. Whatever. Screw the intro. We're just gonna talk. That could be the intro. That's a pretty. Yeah, cool that's the intro. intro. Too. <laughs> the intro is fuck the intro. Here's the intro. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Now that we have the podcast rolling, I guess we like recap. I guess what we were talking about. So before we were talking about fitment because everyone likes to criticize fitment. You want to tell me about your little experience with that? Uh, with fitment? Well, um... <laughs> we already talked about this. Honestly, this is a fucking natural. We're going to skip this. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I got you. I got you. I got you. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's something else I could come up with. But, um... Fitment. The the late I'm just nights... going to go over this podcast later and just, like, kind of cut the whole fire fucking first part. <laughs> Leave the intro. <laughs> <laughs> this whole middle section gone. <laughs> but, um fitment so fitment is probably like one of the more difficult things that has happened like i can say that from taking out my engine taking everything apart doing my brake like like breaking this car down and then building it back up mm-hmm. fitment is still the biggest pain in the butt <laughs> and that's because like you know um when you're put it like you know mechanically you're like oh like you know like this pipe goes here this screw goes there this brake goes there like you have an idea of where things go and then fitment is just kind of like this weird like quadratic formula of fitment <laughs> is literally rocket science actual <laughs> actual like i don't know if like all right for anyone that's listening to this right if this is your first set of wheels that you're gonna buy or something like that and you have no idea what you're doing do not do it alone now i don't i don't care if you're all mr mrs independent whatever it is right go and message someone that has like a car that you have like stock body wide body whatever it is right and ask for help because with stock body it's actually a lot easier right you run the like less of a chance of something going wrong because there's more people that have the stock body version of your car but like for instance, if you're planning to go wide body, which for some reason half the population is, um, if you decide <laughs> to go wide body, <laughs> then do your research, man. Talk to people. Everyone's gonna have different fitment, especially when it comes to wide body. There's different. Okay, so it's not a big difference in placement, right? But you're still gonna have maybe an inch or two difference, not maybe like an inch, half an inch, whatever it is, and that's gonna uh, still dictate where your wheels should like sit. And so some people are going to get really flush fitment. Some people are going to get poke. Some people get tuck. And if you really don't take the time to just kind of ask someone their experiences on it and how they cut up their body and everything and place the kit, you're going to realize really quickly that like if you go to Rocket Bunny and you ask them for specs, they're going to send you the wrong specs like that. Yeah, but see, good luck finding someone that's going to help you out with that because I feel like yeah, well, people a, a in the car community now are people just hide toxic. their specs, but then I'll post it on Fitment Industries. Who was who it that <laughs> was talking about this? Um, like a while ago, I remember uh, on his story, James, James, um, James with a, the oh, orange, XC, orange something, now, something. I guess, FRS, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was talking about this on a story a while ago. He was talking about how some people really like give out their information while others like hide it and everything. And he said, I, th- there was like, I forgot like exactly how he said it, but he was talking about, I think he said that he holds most of his information, not because he's trying to be like a douche or anything, but it's because like, there's really rude people that ask, right? Like they're not just like, hey, love the build. I wonder if you could help me with this. No, they're just like wheel specs now. 
And it's yeah, like, please, hey, PLZ. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they just treat you like, like I, I don't know, like, you're not a person. You're an object. You're an influencer. So, you don't have feelings. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really how, how, it, how it is with that stuff. Because, like, people will think, like, I remember I, I saw someone post about something similar like that too and they're like i'll never say like the wheel specs this and that it's what makes my build unique but unless you're running like crazy camber your wheel specs like kind of not say like don't matter to the community but it's like repeatable and if that's the only unique thing and you're only like you know running a, like a pretty basic set of wheels or just like you know a normal set of wheels and like why yeah. not share it like there's no point to that there's other ways to make your car unique like where your, your your how your fitment is everybody pretty much with like bags even like static now people were getting lip to fender like it's nothing yeah. it's more the wheels you choose to run with that makes your build unique versus how your camber is that makes your build unique i feel Why? like that's another big aspect too right like the uniqueness part everyone wants to be unique everyone wants to be like one of one mm -hmm. um i'm gonna be honest bro like you're not going to be one of one <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you, like you're going to be one of a hundred like one of a thousand whatever like you're not going to be one of one but see that's okay though and i don't yeah think that's totally that. fine that's so many fine. people like, don't worry about that other 100 if you like your car if you like your fitment don't worry about being the first because some people will be the first and it'll be ugly uh, yeah. objectively ugly or I guess the opposite of rejectly. In my opinion, it'll be ugly. They could love it. And if they love it, that's great. But some of the, some like, of like these first timers are just like, <laughs> like, like think about um the people that first started doing camber, right? They were hated. They, they were hated because they, everyone like looks at it and they're just like, what is that? Like, why are you doing that to your car? And then it, still it became like a trend. That. Yeah. But it became like way more acceptable, I think at least it's it's like you can go to a car show now and you'll see a bunch of it before i felt like a few years back right not like a few years like a couple of years back it was um it was more of like the race scene right like a lot of people had like like race inspired parts and everything but as time went on people finally became okay with kind of going back to um, like a long time ago like how in japan they do it like what is it the Bo Bozuki or something like that. Bozu like, Bozoku or something? Bozoku, yeah. Like that that whole type of like design on your car where mm -hmm. everything is like so extra, but it's it's nice because like, you know, it's different, unique type of thing. And I feel like history, they, they always say history repeats itself, right? And that's essentially what's going to happen. It's going to be people love the racing style and then they move into like more crazy, unique stuff right like that japanese style and then they're gonna start hating that and then bring it back to like the more standardized way of customizing a car honestly perfect example underglow <laughs> underglow <laughs> which i'm jealous of your kit that low glow shop like when it first came out shout out to Patty, that was man. that was a great example of me being a hater <laughs> i was like <laughs> hey yo, like people are doing underglow again like whatever i like you know in my head i was like that looks kind of cool but i was like oh like all the all the bigger accounts that i followed everybody's posting i was like i don't want to be one of them all of them are running underglow <laughs> whatever and then like yesterday not yesterday a couple of days ago i caught myself on the low glow website like hey, uh, you did it. Uh, <laughs> i was like when well, is this coming out again because <laughs> i saw the I way give... it's designed too it's neat it's like all yeah. like um i saw like the uh the about page and how like the wires are ran for it and it's so having... much better it's so oh, much better 
I was running the the Opt uh, Seven or Opt Nine one, like when I first uh, wrapped the car. Yeah. And there was nothing bad about it, but like attaching it was not mm-hmm. fun. I barely even did any of the work. My friend Omar did most of it. I just kind of sat there and like yeah. he ended up like cutting up his fingers trying to put stuff <laughs> places. It was not fun. <laughs> and I it, saw a low glow kit and I was like, oh. The way those lights go, it's kind of really cool. And I look at the wiring, and I was like, oh, it all leads up to one thing. Like, and, like, you know, it, it leads around for one connection point, not like this, like, dual thing where you have to, like, map it out on how you're going to run it. Exactly. The biggest thing for me with Logo was that it was, you have disconnection points, which I love disconnection, connecting points, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. um, all around the car. So if you break one strip, it's lit. You just have to replace one strip. You don't have to replace the entire underglow which like a lot of kids before, like before I had, um, what was it? One up lighting. Mm-hmm. And when I had one up lighting, it was dude, it, it was just like a, like a one thing, right? Like it just runs around once and there's no like breaking point. So if one part gets effed, the entire thing's effed. And, and um, yeah, cause that, that's like when it sucks too, because it's not like, you know, it's not like you can just, um, with like other kids, like just jack the car up throw on a new one and just like call it a day like you gotta like figure out how everything runs again yeah and then like just routing it through your fender like fender liner and all that it's just it's a pain in the ass man like no one wants to go through that every single time especially with the low glow kit i i'm speaking this from experience and patty he could vouch me for this i think i'm on my fourth replacement for my front aren't you on air huh yeah but like <laughs> it's it's my front uh, front splitter my front splitter sticks out so far that oh. even though i run like really aired up it's it's just kind of like you know too far out so i don't have enough traveling distance between my wheels and the curb i'm about to hit ah so, uh, you're running like uh like a galvez kit right yeah uh um, his work yeah, is made- solid i love like i have a like i had some same arrow on uh my front bumper as well yeah and i loved it but boy did i mess that thing up when i was static <laughs> ian does such a good job dude his arrow is amazing i love the work that he does and he's like just a good person all around yeah he's a chill dude i've never yeah. like at any time like i i've messaged him and i've been like yo man i need another splitter rod <laughs> <laughs> when, when i told him like hey i finally messed up the splitter and all that he was just like yo man it's no problem just like come by i'll make you another one it's all good and he even tried to like save the one that I messed up. Um, that's when I posted on my story like a little bit ago. It was some random piece of metal on the highway. I was running that splitter for close to like two years. I think it was like a year and a half or something like that. It held up so well. But then this one piece of metal in the highway just ruined all of it. That... But I was happy that it didn't hit my bumper, right? Like it, mm. it hit that front splitter and just went under my car kind of scraped everything a little bit underneath because it's probably but, more um, terrifying because you're fiberglass on the front bumper I, dude, I was so scared i was so scared <laughs> it's gonna shatter my whole bumper and everything, everything just oh uh, dude I, I was thinking about that um that grill right because mm-hmm. you know i like that i have that black mesh grill i was thinking yep. that if it was big enough it's gonna just shoot right through that to where my Ooh. engine is <laughs> yeah I was, i'd i'd be terrified and not like I'm gonna terrible. miss my uh, my KBD front bumper because that was polyurethane. Yeah. So like even though when I was running the splitter, like if the splitter took a hit, my bumper just bent, and I know mm. I wouldn't have to panic. But yeah. like running this new kit, I'm I'm like t- 
terrifying. Anakin twenty four seven. The anxiety is gonna be. Re- I already have the anxiety. Every time I add a new mod, it's just like anxiety, especially running air. When yeah. I tell you, like when I, well, it's been like over a year since I've driven it, but like my eyes are hawked on that airlift controller. <laughs> they have to be like I feel like. I'm, I'm glad that you said that actually because i i don't know from perspective a lot of people that have like air right mm-hmm. so from the few people that i do i feel like that that's the common like that's the, like the common consensus that you have to constantly be monitoring to make sure that your air is not going down or if you need to air up more depending on like where you are because so many times i feel like i've gone on different paths right like going around town or like not around my town but like new towns and things like that and then i'll i'll encounter some place where you know, it's like a slight bump in elevation, but I know that if I don't air up like an extra like five PSI, I'm going to scrape. Yep. And it's like that small difference that's going to be whether or not you have to buy a new front splitter or you can drive all the way home. And that's like the scary part too. Like I feel like air suspension protects your investment, but like from going to coils to air, I will say it is less fun. Like on coils, you're like, oh crap, you dodge potholes, you like, you know, you make sure you have enough clearance, you go over something sideways, yeah. and you're good. And like worst case scenario, you're replacing a front bumper. You don't really have to worry about like, you know, you're not busting your coils. Yeah. But like with air, the constant like and my experience with air when I first started off was that like my kit wasn't installed the best of ways. Same. So like I drove home an hour and my compressors were turning on every ten minutes because there was a oh, leak in my, my tank god so that was my first like that, that was my first drive home i drove home from wayne to yeah. like the princeton area and it was not fun like i was happy the car was bagged and then i like get but you home. just had like a crap experience yeah i i got home yeah. and i'm like you know like i want to show like my dad's in the cars too and mm-hmm. i'm like oh i'm gonna show my dad like the air suspension i air this thing up the compressor separates <laughs> oh my god i was so upset and scared <laughs> <laughs> okay my my first experience with bags was not nearly that bad like that, that sounds <laughs> that sounds terrifying mine was um i just had finished getting it installed and actually let me start a little bit before that before it was finished getting installed right i'm not gonna toss out who installed my bags the first time because that's oh, no i did not I, I, yeah. I made sure to- <laughs> yeah that, that's like kind of like tossing one of the bus so i'm not gonna say that but um it, i'll tell you later you know the shop you know the shop <laughs> and um <laughs> and um the very first day right where uh, i was supposed to go pick up my car and um I, I waited there a little bit. I told my friend, like, oh, yeah, you can go. I'm just going to drive my car home. It's all good. It's, like, it's getting late. As we're finishing up, he uh, he goes to, I forgot the reason, right? But he had to, I think it was to go connect my battery for, like, well, he took off one of the terminals. So, you know, you don't, you don't mess with any electrical. And so he went to go put on the negative terminal, right? Put it on. But then as he went to go tighten it, he hit no. the positive. No, 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 no. And just, I just saw the spark. I just saw the, psh, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, the fuse blew, and my car was stuck there for the night. Involuntarily um, static. <laughs> yeah, involuntarily static. <laughs> uh, it was fine, honestly. He uh, he went and got me another uh, fuse from Subaru the next day. But um, but I was so bummed because I was so hyped. I was like, oh my 
car is finished. I'm going to drive this home. It's bagged. Yeah, like, you know, like, everybody, like, uh, from outside looking in, like, you're like, oh, like, bad cars are so cool. Because, like, you'll go to a show or you'll go to a meet and you'll hear that yeah like, when you hear the air so cool. oh, i man. want that you yeah. order your, you know you go to bagriders.com or whatever you order your kit your kit's in you're excited and then like <laughs> your first experience my first experience with shit exactly <laughs> so it's like <laughs> and then um let me tell you what happened after that then um when i went to go pick it up the next time um to actually go like take it home and everything i'm driving it home and every time i go over a bump right not even like a big bump just like you know a little little pop in the road right whatever um i hear a squeak all the way home all the way home didn't stop and then i get home you know i'm turning my wheels and everything everything seems fine so i'm kind of just like like i don't know like what, what's going on type of thing um i air up more and i drive around i notice that the squeaking is like less subtle uh, or like more subtle is and um over time, I kind of just drove around for a week and then I was like, okay, this is becoming a problem, right? It's mm-hmm. squeaking a lot. And then I took it to, I almost said the shop. Um, <laughs> I, I took it there and I was like, hey, bro, like, you know, my, my car is squeaking a lot, especially when I go over like uneven pavement. He was like, what? So then um, we looked at it in the parking lot and uh, he thought it was the pillow ball mount, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that was not at all he said like oh these can probably go bad if like you know you got a bad one installed or like sent to you when you first got them i was like i doubt it but okay so then um we went we went on with that it was like a whatever thing um then i drove it for another like week or so and i was like yo this this thing isn't good bro it's it's not good but i I just kept driving on it and then eventually it was time for me to go wide body right so then either way i had to toss on new spacers and i was running the same like wheels so that, that's how long I was running on, you know, that squeak. It was yeah, you like ran months. it for a while. Yeah, like months on end. And then, um, and I hated driving the car because of it, because it squeaked. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I could have diagnosed this myself, but I was just like, whatever about it. Um, and then finally, after I got my wide body done and everything like that, I, uh, I went to uh, Misha. And Misha was redoing my air kit because I got a new tank from AccuAire. Yo, rip Accuware, by the way. Um, oh, I know no, they're, they came back. Back. they're back. Yeah, yeah, I know they're back, but fuck those guys. Because <laughs> their warranty doesn't extend into the new company or, you know, whatever that is, right? So No, wait, it doesn't? Nope. And I know exactly that's why they, like, filed for bankruptcy or whatever, like, closed down. Because all the people that had the Endo CVT tank, right? The mm-hmm. tank that has the compressor inside of it fucked every single one every single one. i do not know a single person that still has their like tank running at this very oh moment. don't say that i yeah. bought my air from my my friend omar mm-hmm. and he was like oh i'm gonna get like the endo tank oh, so F- like the trade was F- i bought the tank for him and then uh-huh. we just trade the the tank and the compressor so i wouldn't have to buy a new one f, F- and his stuff still works though but he also I, barely I, drives the car. But I hope it continues to work too. Yeah, I so do I. Maybe he's just like one of the lucky few. But I went on the forums after like mine started like dying out, and apparently there's a two year lifespan on them. That seems to oh, be like the consensus. On. So you know, it, you might get even worse luck. It might be like a year, then it dies out. It's all because of the the moisture that gets trapped inside the tank, right? 
So over time, that moisture just builds up into the compressor and then the compressor just starts rusting out. So at some point, the compressor is just going to crap out. It's just going to happen. There's, there's no real like stopping it. If you have your compressors on the outside, right, like a normal tank setup, it's going to last a lot longer because, you know, moisture is not just constantly cycling around your compressor. Yeah, but, you have open air. Exactly. But when it's inside the tank, it's a different story because there's compressed air that's constantly letting in like a little bit of moisture in around it, right? So over time, it's just gonna die. Like it's just, realistically, anyone that kind of looked at that like perspective before they bought the tank would have seen that. But it was just so cool. It was just such a cool <laughs> tank that I was just like, yeah, hell yeah, this looks so clean. No, and I it looked run cool this. too, because I, I had heard like everybody complaining, they're like, oh, bags are great, but you'll hate like that, ah, like sound it, when you're like, you know, <laughs> 100% <laughs> facts. It, when you just have that loud compressor in the background, when you start up your car and you have to wait like five minutes for it, go, uh, it's just a pain, bro. <laughs> It's just a pain. See, I love that sound though, because- No way, what? <laughs> I love it because of my experience with my compressor busting, because mm -hmm. I had a dual compressor set up and it went to single and it would take forever. So like, I got used to listening for something to go wrong. And then when I finally redid my air kit myself and learned about it, yeah. I wired everything properly, hearing those two compressors come on was like hearing your baby cry for the first time you're like oh my okay, god that makes sense yeah it, it's great like this is what it's supposed to sound like <laughs> so anytime i turn my car over and my compressors run and i don't hear a hiss i don't hear a pop i'm like thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a sign of life <laughs> you want to hear another quick story too um i got very lucky when i decided this was probably like three or four months after I had the Acura tank in, cause I wanted to make sure it worked, right? So after I had it in, no issues, running it for like three, four months, I was like, okay, let me sell some stuff. Cause like I was piling up car parts I don't need. So I was like, let me sell um, the compressors, right? For the other one, for the other mm -hmm. setup. And so since, since I had two of them, I posted a story and I was like, post selling two air compressors, all that. Um, then, you know, I, I still think I'm, you know, five head for this idea. Uh, <laughs> I, I decided to like only sell one. I was like, actually just, just going to sell one. And then, um, someone here actually in Carney bought it off of me. Uh, I don't know if I should just say where I live, but whatever. Um, <laughs> you have, have that shop swarm to your house. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Fine. What, um, what's it called? Uh, I sold it to someone right here. And um, then I had the one compressor. I'm so happy, man. I didn't sell that one compressor. I'm so happy. Because then when the Acura tank shit on me, I had still something to go back to. Yep. You can just attach that old uh, that old tank and that old, old compressor. Old reliable. Old reliable. Just plug it back in. I still have my first air tank in it. my garage, too. Like Because I didn't think the issue was the problem with the tank. It was just like the fittings. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, like, am I going to sell it? And I was like, tanks are so cheap, though. I'll keep it yeah. in my garage, like whatever. Like you, you never know when you're gonna need it. Exactly. I still have the broken compressor too, but that's just as like a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that I have all my uh, broken front splitters and hundred glove <laughs> things. But is it by your shrine? There's a picture of Galvez right above it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I've only had to visit him once to get a new splitter, so I think that's very successful. 
compared to the stories that he's told me. He's told me that, that people go there like every other month. And I think that's like, you know, you, you're just not taking care of your car at that point, yeah, you, man. You learn your lesson. Like I yeah. lost, I, I, my first battle that I lost was to like the, the lip of a sidewalk at a Wawa. Ooh. And I, I had known like from the angle I was turning in, I was like, I like, you know, I don't think I'm going to clear it, but I was like, whatever. It was a left turn. I just jumped it and yeah. then crunch. And oh. I'm like, yo, no. And, oh, and the worst thing, like, you know, Wawa's are always crowded. So not only yeah. do I have to deal with like being sad on the inside. You got to deal with everyone looking. <laughs> <laughs> everyone no, looking. Exactly. So like, they're not like, oh, it must be that Toyota Camry. They're like, it's that half blue, <laughs> half pink car <laughs> that I can hear coming from a mile away. So you got to deal with that like public embarrassment. <laughs> I think that's like the ha like half of the reason or like half of the embarrassment right with having cars like ours is that you get a lot of attention right mm -hmm. but it's not always a good thing you get a lot of attention when your car is looking good it's like oh great i'm on cloud nine feeling great everything but then when something goes wrong and everyone's looking nope <laughs> yep <laughs> stop looking at me <laughs> getting pulled over <laughs> oh my god just uh. like <laughs> It's great having eyes on you when you want them on you, but it's never like usually the case. You never usually get people looking at you when you want it. It's when you don't. Mm -hmm. And then just, oh man, dude, it's the embarrassment. I had the the worst like double edged sword story. So I was in Philly for the uh, auto show. Yeah. And I I love like um driving around Philly, and I like the architecture in Philly, especially like uh, I think it's like Old Town or Old City where like all the cobblestone is. Yeah. So like I found a parking garage over there. And I parked there, cool view, the bridge was right over there. And we go to the auto show, we come back to my car, and it's a one-way street. So I'm like, oh, whatever. The one-way street leads to cobblestone. So I was like, oh, crap. So as I'm, like, exiting the parking, uh, the parking garage, there's a little kid that walks by. And it's, like, that quintessential, like, you know, you see the parents and the little kid, and the little kid breaks their neck, and you're like, okay, I'm repeating <laughs> the cycle. I have now birthed another car enthusiast. And <laughs> yeah. he was like, I saw the kid, and he was like, that's so cool. And like, anytime that happens, I like, I want to make sure, like, I'm always like positive. So I always like wave, and I'm like, yo, like, do you want to sit in the car, whatever? Like, I always try to make oh, sure yeah, it's a positive yeah. experience. So the parents go off, they thank me. And then <laughs> I literally, the moment my wheels, like go off of, like that sidewalk like that the lip it crunches into oh. the cobblestone <laughs> and the kid makes the most disgusted face <laughs> and i was like oh man i just took away his love crush his dreams like, yeah it's like oh wow that's so cool and then crunch and they're like <laughs> and like, cars whole... aren't supposed to do that <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad and then the ride of shame was the, uh, for the next, I want to say, like, three-fourths of a mile is all bumpy cobblestone. <laughs> and I'm static on, like, $400 oh, TN coils. Man. So it's just bump, 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 Oh, <laughs> man. You want to talk about... again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. I literally do not believe you. You want to talk about embarrassment? Let's talk about stall stories. You ever, you ever stall in front of people? The it is the biggest... <laughs> oh stop stop like <laughs> when i first got my car right oh uh, i don't know if i like i've said this on the podcast before or something like that but when i first got my car when i first went to go test drive my car right mm -hmm. i did not know how to drive manual 
Really? Yeah, I did not like flat out did not know. Like I I knew how the gears are supposed to go, but you know, I mean, I'd never Every actually. Every car is different too, though. But like yeah, like, you, like you the feel learn, and everything. You know how to drive stick, but like until you mastered driving your own stick car. Exactly. Every, like you know, when you're learning like your biting point and everything, like how high exactly. RPM. You learn the car. Yeah, but for me it was just flat out. I don't know shit. I'm just doing it. <laughs> and. <laughs> And what made this worse was a lot of people don't know this. I went to, so I live in Jersey mm-hmm. and I went to Virginia to go check out my car. What like was I, that, like I, a five hour drive? Like six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I, I went with my friend, I literally called him. I was like, yo, I found the car I want to go get. Let's go drive to Virginia so I can test it. And he was just like, are you fucking serious? And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And he was just like, Oh, let me ask my mom. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, all right. So then uh, it was the next day. We uh, we go, uh, we leave like really early. I, I know that we got there around like three, four. So we left like really fucking early. But um, we get there. I uh, I already have like a, you know, a good amount of down payment if, if I decide to, you know, get the car. Um, and I, I show up. The first thing I noticed, by the way, is this was not in the photos. I show up, I walk up to the car, looks fantastic. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the car, this is it. And then there's a hole in my bumper and I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) The hole was in that like, that mustache part, right? The BRZ, where it's like Uh that black trim. Yeah. And it was like, it was like in the indent right before you get to the blue paint. So you couldn't really see on photos. It was kind of just like, you know, if you blend walk it up to it, then you'll know. Yeah. It. And it wasn't like a big hole, right? But I like, I, I saw it, obviously, <laughs> just, just walking up to the car. And um, I told the guy like, hey, bro, like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 you didn't tell me about this. Like, you still want me to pay your full asking price, but hello? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and then, and then that whole like fiasco happened. But I was like, all right, I still want to test drive it. So my friend knows how to drive stick, which was like a big reason why I was like, hey, yo, can you go with me? Um, <laughs> so then he test drove it first. He test drove it, everything was fine. Um, rode through the gears, no problem. We, we went around the, the area, it was all fine. And then we come, we come back to the dealership and he was like, yo, you should drive your own car. Like if that's what you're gonna get. And I was like, yeah, I really should. And then I was like, but I don't know stick. And then he was like, oh yeah. And then I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> so then we, we don't tell the salesman that by the way we, we i don't we, think like, anybody tells like their, their yeah. sale i did the same thing when i test drove it he's like oh you know i drive stick right and i was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just we just literally said i want to test drive it now because i'm going to be the one that's going to get it so i was like so i gotta go test drive it i tossed it in first gear right mm-hmm. and I, I slowly let off the clutch because i knew you had to do that started adding some gas and everything and i'm going fine I forgot to add to this story. This dealership is the entrance to it is downhill. So for us to leave the dealership, you we're on an uphill. uphill. Yeah. <laughs> Every first stick driver's nightmare. Like I was like, there's no fucking way this is happening right now. So I get up like, you know, cause I, I'm trying to like hold momentum, like just keep going. So I don't have to like do anything else. And I get up to the, the top of the hill, right. To make the turn. But my luck, there is tons of traffic coming like through. Cause it's like right next to the main street. Mm-hmm. 
tons of traffic coming through and there's no light for like another block away. So all these like cars just keep funneling through. Finally, I see a little break in the traffic. It by little, I mean a little break in the traffic. <laughs> and I just first gear full send on the brake or not the brake, the accelerator just I'm off. I'm off. 8k RPM, it don't matter. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. And I, I just remember I'm going like 15 to 20 miles an hour in first gear. And you know, I can hear this car, like, you know, you can hear like your engine when you're like going really high in the RPM range and everything. Yeah. And my engine's like, get me out of here. <laughs> like, shift. And, you know, I, I didn't practice that part of the tutorial yet of second gear. So I only know about first and um, just rode it. I just rode first gear till we got to like some parking lot, like two blocks oh, away. No, no, no. <laughs> so I fried the ever living shit out of that clutch the first time I drove that car. Um, and, is that and, the car you have now? Like the same yeah, car? Same okay, car. Okay, cool. I just wanted car. to make sure that you didn't ruin the clutch. Yeah, no, I was, I was in a piece of shit that just like, you know, fried the clutch and then left. Because <laughs> I, I know people do that. I, I know it's a very common thing. But um, I fried I fried my own clutch. I'm proud of that. <laughs> Literally to the point where I, after I did get it right, and uh, it took forever. I, I got my car like, I think like a month after I bought it because they... I made them fix that fucking hole. I was like, I'm not paying <laughs> for this car with that hole in it. So they fixed it. It was a crap paint job too, but whatever. Um, then uh, I got my car after like a month later. And I remember I was like, all right, got to service my car because who knows what the old owner did. And once you go get it serviced, the guy was like, what happened to this clutch? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> It wasn't me. It wasn't someone. <laughs> I don't know. And gr granted, like this whole time that I got my car, like right, like because I kept it for maybe like a month after I did get it and to drive around, um, I was burning the shit out of that clutch. But I still knew I had clutch life because you know it would catch relatively easily. So yeah, you just get used to that smell. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> oh, it's still fine. You know, it's, it's still good. <laughs> and then I I get to Subaru and um, tell him, yeah, just you know see what it needs all that <laughs> and then <laughs> the tech dude i just remember the tech came out of the the like the, the area in the back and he just goes up to the advisor and he's like i don't know what happened to the clutch in that car but it's fucked <laughs> and i was like damn <laughs> damn <laughs> and um but luckily i didn't you know ruin it to the point where it, it ruined other components in the car mm -hmm. So he just told me it's in my best interest to replace the clutch. And I was like, okay, can I see it? Yeah, it was in my utmost best interest to replace that clutch, man. It was burn marks at like in four areas <laughs> because of like, you know, when you have like hard, harsh engagements, you know, it just yeah. snaps on and just four snap on points just all around that clutch. This. It was oh man, that was a nightmare and a half. That that that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we all do that to our clutches. I I burned mine out after watching Fast and Furious. Yeah. Okay, but I feel like that's more intentional in your case, like you know. <laughs> oh, but it wasn't in a cool way at all. Oh no. So no. we had just it was the one where um uh I think it was like Fast. What was the last one Paul Walker was in Fast Seven or was it Fast Six? 
I don't no, remember. No, Fast 7. Fast 7 was the last one. It was, so, wasn't it the one in Brazil? That was... uh, no, Fast 5 was the one in Brazil. Fast 6, or not Fast, Fast and Furious 6 was the... That's right, midway, with... midway on the shooting, or, um, when they were shooting the film, that's uh, that's when they had, they used his, um, his brother for like the ending scenes. No, because Fast 6 was... Uh, what was it? No, I'm talking about for fi- Fast 7. Oh yeah, Fast Seven. Yeah, they yeah. had to switch to Cody Walker, who uh, are yeah. one of his brothers, to like use uh, for special effects and stuff for his face. Yeah, we had seen that, and I had gone with my group of friends, and my group of friends at the time, um, someone had a Genesis. Uh, we we all had like sporty cars, and we were going to Applebee's afterwards. So like we're racing down the highway, and I go to like um, shift. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going into third. Oh god um there's a nice little number called fifth <laughs> that's where i ended up i ended up in fifth and i'm like yo like i must like in my head i'm thinking i'm like speed race i'm like yo, i must be like spinning my tires in fifth gear this thing is so much horsepower <laughs> i didn't know anything about like modding or any of this stuff so i'm like yeah i'm like i must be spinning it like i could smell the smoke and i smell it more i'm like Oh no, that's my clutch. <laughs> oh, no. I ruined that thing. And I'm surprised it held up for the rest of that drive. Because that's also the same drive that I like went the like I topped out the car. Right. It was like at like one like fifty miles an hour. Oh my and god. <laughs> I've never gone that fast again because of how terrifying it was. I have my friend in the car with me. Yeah. And I don't know if you know the uh, you know two eighty seven? I probably shouldn't be saying this. But like you know, it, it's past code the names, time. code names. It's name two eighty eight, two eighty eight, two eighty eight in Mexico. <laughs> but right, like yeah. we we got up to a certain speed, and like I went to switch lanes, and it felt like the car was gliding. And we both looked at each other, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's time to slow down." <laughs> and I ruined that clutch. Like it was barely engaging after that. And you'd think I would have learned my lesson. So I ordered like this uh, this JWT like clutch and flywheel kit, dumb yeah. expensive, got it installed, was strictly told about a break-in period. So I drove like, you know, like a good person little Grammy, the first yeah. couple hundred. And then my little brother's high school graduation was that day. And then we get in the car and he's like, do a burnout. And I was like, what? He's like, do, do, do a burnout. Do something cool. You have a sports car. Do something cool. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. I'm still in the break-in period, forgot about it. So I just revved it up to like 5K, let the clutch loose. Something you shouldn't do during a break-in period. Oh, you period. dumped it. Dumped that clutch. <laughs> and then th- that whole summer, that clutch pedal was spongy. And then it just magically went away. I don't know what it is, but that uh, either way, that whole I think I think you finally like out. evened out the surface. <laughs> <laughs> From that initial giant bite, you finally like evened up the rest of it. <laughs> And you know what? It, it's out now, because uh, when I took it for the engine and the trans, I I, yeah. I looked at it and I was like, it honestly doesn't look that bad. I was like, I guess I didn't beat on it the way I thought I did. And now, yeah. like, whenever I get my car back, I I have like a an Aus Gicken or however you pronounce it on um, like some Grand Touring clutch and flywheel. I know now to behave for 500 miles because one, <laughs> that clutch and flywheel <laughs> was way too expensive. And I'm definitely not messing that up. <laughs> Dude, car parts are so expensive, especially in this market now. Like, 
Oh, I'm, I'm glad like I finished most of it before like yeah. the the beef of the pandemic hit. <laughs> <laughs> the beef of the pandemic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like the beginning of the pandemic is like you know it's like the bread you know a little bit of cheese little toppings here and there, and then like you know <laughs> full on 2020 hits and you're in that quarter pounder and you're. <laughs> <laughs> it really hits you you're like oh dang we're not getting out of this like where's the end of this 2021 wasn't even any better dude honestly 2021 was just as bad if not worse it was just like <laughs> like 2020 was just like fuck you and then 2021 was just like hey still fuck you like <laughs> that's how it was it's just like uh, screw you with a vaccine <laughs> <laughs> and it was yeah, like and like my goal for like this this coming like setup slash build or whatever was like mm -hmm. I wanted to do everything that I could authentic because right. the beginning of everything I did like as I was modding I was just like oh I want to go the cheapest route I want to save money this and that like and then like I start like you know you get further into the car community you meet different people you meet different vendors and yeah. I came across a vendor next level performance and they uh they pretty much like that they had this really cool thing on their stories where they would like talk about authentic and fake parts and granted you know buy fake parts or whatever actually you know actually don't buy fake parts but like if it's within your budget and you have to budget like that go ahead buy what you want enjoy what you want but also there's a choice to support authentic companies which yeah. i choose to do because like i've heard horror stories about like you know yeah, if you buy uh, cheap, yeah, don't be surprised when something exactly, breaks. Exactly, like, and know, the way things wrong. fit. And I, and I learned that firsthand because I bought Fenders from a company that has me blocked now on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and at first, I thought they were so hype. I thought they were so cool. They didn't fit too well, but I was like, oh, this is dope. It's like honeycomb carbon fiber. Oh, and it fit like honeycomb. trash. And everybody <laughs> loved it. And then putting on, um, before I got the my car towed away to go to the tuning shop, I was like, oh, let me put on the front bumper and rear bumper, see how it fits up. It fit yeah. like butter, the authentic parts. I've never seen something fit so OEM and so well that like I, I was I was like, this is the real difference. And it feels cooler to own something a little bit authentic because when yeah, it comes down to like that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand this. It's not that you're like shitting on these like smaller companies that make like cheaper stuff. It's fine to make like cheaper products and everything but integrity on these products is the problem. Like a lot of these pro a lot of the problems you'll get with these cheaper products and everything is that they'll break easier because they're cheaper. They don't fit well because they're cheaper. And you know, you have to you have to make a cut somewhere, right? Parts mm -hmm. don't magically just become cheaper because oh, the manufacturer decided, "Hey, I'm going to make like a 30% cut." No, it's because they had to take away from somewhere. So same same difference when you get um like fiberglass parts and you get just like some crappy like you know like foldable shit like <laughs> there's a difference <laughs> you know like it, it, it all comes down to how much you really want to spend and i'm fine with people that want to spend a little less because you know not everyone's gonna ball out with like a ton of money up for like something that they might not even like really care about right yeah you also like, don't uh, have to ball out everybody feels like they have to do that it's such a like a status thing it really is like and it all depends on the community, your goal too yeah, but like so many people in the community, I feel like, especially if you have like a toxic group of friends, by the way, I, <laughs> I, I really think people need to talk about this. If your friend group is toxic, I'm not even if they're toxic, if they're like, if you have a toxic friend group or they're really close to you, it's one or the other. And if you have either one of those, they are going to shit on you 
if you do not have like authentic <laughs> stuff it just happens it just happens like close friends they're just doing that because you know they're, they're just making fun of you it's not like they're actually serious about it but toxic friends no they're they're dead serious they're dead serious. They, they they're just get, like, and, I, and i'm lucky to have like the crew that i have because my yeah. friend omar he uh he has an authentic kit and he bought his kit while i was running like some replica stuff and mm-hmm. he was he joked about it but he joked about it in a very nice way he was just like you know just saying exactly. man like you're what you're running for that price a couple hundred more you could have put something like real on yeah and that one it, it you know it was like a funny dig sometimes and here and there but it was also like a, you know he's kind of right type of thing and you yeah know, you, you want to and, and weckfest weckfest is the big thing of why i wanted to go authentic too because i always like weckfest is like my dream show I gotcha. always wanted to get into Weckfest, and Weckfest does not allow fake parts. So I wasn't about to take this car apart and use fake parts. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, for me, right, the, the biggest thing for me with getting authentic parts and everything is I don't do it for the flex. The flex just kind of comes with it that you have, like, you know, authentic parts and stuff like that. But I get it because I know it's going to last. Like, and that's not always the case, right? Because I think there's some middle ground. So there's like the cheapest parts you can get, the middle ground, and then like the top of the line, like the, you know, the best of the best. And so I'm fine with getting parts that are kind of in the middle ground if mm-hmm. they're not the highest. If I still think, you know, I support the company, I support for what they stand for, or they have really cool designs or something like that. But I won't jump or like go down to like the cheapest of the cheap because I just know that I'm going to get mad when it breaks or something goes wrong yep yeah when it happens you kind of just sit there in the moment like man i paid like 500 bucks for these coils why are they shitting on me (laughs) (laughs) like like, dude you you can't get mad about that you could get like nice lowering springs for like 300 bucks and they'll last you better and i feel like it's it's like a cool experience too like my experience with my body kit like i got like um when it finally came in, it was a, ooh, no one tells you about the wait time for stuff. <laughs> like oh, people tell you about the authentic man. price. No one tells you about that authentic <laughs> wait time. <laughs> I waited, I want to say a year, a whole year for my kit Same. to get here. And yeah. I was like, at, like, and I'm not used to that. And that's like where I guess like the whole rep parts thing, that's where they get you or like cheaper companies because one, I feel like their social media presence is so much better than oh, the authentic companies. Everywhere. They're active. They're doing giveaways. They're engaging. They do such a good job at marketing that mm-hmm. these authentic companies are just relying on their name for. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people get drawn to them. And you can't really blame them for that. Like they're and they're also the, you know they're cutting that price, but they're cutting that price because like there there is that middle ground of this is too expensive, and yeah. I'm going to make something that's the same so people can afford it. And I get that. And that that's like where you know they're they're doing like like business wise they're doing a great job at that because that's where they get you mm-hmm. and you're used to like you know you 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 get something and it's like a week or two shipping you don't yeah. have to worry about like oh is it on a crate or something and my first like you know <laughs> uh, with the kit and everything coming from japan it's like oh crap like yeah like where- can we even talk about like shipping fees too <laughs> The $500 like, fee. <laughs> the overseas charge, man. What are they doing to me? Like, what? Yeah, man. Oh, my gosh. Like, you're already paying. Like, 
I don't like. I'm assuming we're still talking about like the body kit stuff because I know yeah. Like, your rock I think that's like the biggest thing. Japan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Because like you can time... get wheels from Japan and stuff, but like body kits, I think is like the major thing people get from Japan. It's like yeah, because like you know the authentic, you know the label, it's cool. But the wait time and the shipping fees and the cost, you're in like almost like four and a half to five grand after everything. This is why you better not shit on anyone that has an authentic kit because they waited for that. They oh, waited for that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I feel like waiting for stuff like that, it, it kills something inside of you. Because but when, I, you, but when, it, when it's on, the, like the gratification, man, it's insane. Oh, I was so happy when it came. But when it comes to like waiting for shipping things now, I, I'm so unbothered. I'm like, yeah. it'll get here when it gets here. Like, I waited a year for something I paid thousands of dollars for. If it does not show up in a week, if I order something, I am no longer pressed. <laughs> you know how I'm bothered I've become? I just remembered, like, at the beginning of this month, right now, in January, that I bought something from Desai. You, you know those, like, little, like, mochi? Uh, like, they're, like, the little, like, LED screens that you can put, like, in your car and stuff like that. Yeah. And they'll have, like, a face pop-up or something. Yeah. Yeah, so I bought that back in October of last year. <laughs> I totally forgot about it. Like, I was just like, all right, it's in Australia. It'll get here when it gets here. Um, I go to check, right? Because I got a confirmation in November saying like, hey, it's on the way. I was like, okay, it's been a month, but whatever. Um, I just let it be. Come January, I'm like, you know, I bought something from this site like a long ass time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go and check and my package, like I click on the little tracking indicator, all that just gone, just gone. Like it, it said it arrived at an Australian facility and it was just gone. There's nothing oh, after no. that. Yeah, just thin air. No, no more tra no more tracking after that. Just facility and that's it. So then obviously I reach out to like um, the size support and everything. And I'm like, um, so they they just kind of like i don't know took it <laughs> they just took my package <laughs> didn't even get to america <laughs> yeah no like it just didn't even cross the border it just they just took it like i knew decide like those mochi like little led screens were selling out like instantly but i was like i didn't know they were fiends like that i didn't know they had people at the airports waiting on them like you know <laughs> this is gonna go sick going on my holding <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so like in january i finally decided like oh hey like hey can i you know get my order this time <laughs> and, and i think like just recently like a few days ago i got a message saying like okay it's on the way stuff takes forever man and yeah. especially and, this and, whole pandemic you know yep and i guess like when you talk about like forgetting you ordered stuff it's also a surprise when you've forgotten and it ends up at your doorstep honestly i love it it gives me yes, some serotonin like, for the oh, rest crap, of the day i forgot i paid for this yeah when, it, when it's something like i really been like like thinking about or like not thinking about but you know, I was excited for the boost of serotonin to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm gassed for the rest of the day. I'm just in a that great happened like mood. A couple of months ago. No, I, not a couple of months. Ago. It happened like last month. Um, I, I got like a, a whole carbon fiber interior, uh, like a center console and like a whole gauge pods and pillars and stuff like that mm -hmm. from a masterpiece automotive. And I had forgot I ordered it. <laughs> so I just see a box <laughs> outside my house and i'm like oh what's this and i see the company I'm like, oh that's right my interior <laughs> like oh this is awesome I, I forgot i ordered this <laughs> it's stuff like that it's just like it it's so nice when it shows up because then even if like um 
like back a while back, like I don't even remember how long ago this was, probably like 2020 or something, when I ordered those like little like panel switches for my BRZ. It's something so small, right? Mm-hmm. But it was so much fun to set up. Like till those day, till this day, I was supposed to route those to like turn on my underglow. I still haven't done that, but it's supposed to do that. Like, <laughs> but I, I was just so satisfied when I wired them up, daisy chained them, all that, and I put them in my car, connected it, and everything. And I could just flip my switches and they light up. I was like, this is sick. Like this the is satisfaction sick. Just, of yeah. wiring up something correctly is another huge. It's boost. another level. Electrical serotonin. sucks ass. I don't care oh. what anyone says. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. You were talking about like how uh, you're talking about fitment before yeah. being like horrible. Learning how to wire stuff, like now that I know how to do it, I'm like it's simple. But Any like, electrician that... in here, you don't like your job. Don't lie to me. <laughs> don't don't lie to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Putting in um I, I have a retrofitted headlights and don't, figuring don't out. Don't get me started. Oh my god. <laughs> It was, and like, I, I don't wire stuff at all. The beginning of my wiring was like fixing the wiring for my air suspension, but that was just using like quick disconnects and inspecting yeah. the wires to make sure everything was good. Yeah. And then. But when you got I, to splicing. Oh, I, I learned that from my, uh, my rear turn signals. I had to splice <laughs> in because <laughs> I sold my, I sold my front bumper and I sold my rear bumper. Yeah. When I got the rear bumper, the wrap shop that I went to first um kind of resined in my <laughs> rear turn signals <laughs> so when i sold the rear bumper i i, I was like oh you know whatever i'll um I, I put a note in my head like oh, i'll just order new ones yeah. and then it's coming up that i have to like get my car ready to take it to the shop i'm like all right i have everything i need and i'm looking at like you know i have like a checklist i'm like what am i forgetting and i look at my rear i'm like oh no the turn signals <laughs> and i'm looking and i can't find the oem one so i order these led ones and putting on anything led on a car that doesn't need led you end up splicing there's resistors yeah there's all this crap and i learned how to solder that same day too and oh soldering is a pain it Just... was so nerve-wracking and here's the thing i've learned about myself too anything mm-hmm. i do i mess up the first time <laughs> same same so i soldered and i and i I was so happy. I soldered everything correctly. I'm like, this is awesome. And I put the lights in, but I didn't attach the lights to the body kit. And that was my L there. Uh... I go to put on the rear bumper. I put the wrong lights on the wrong side. Mm. (laughs) Mm. So I'm like, are you kidding me? So I just cut everything, re-solder things up. And then I learned that you can just heat up the solder a little bit and just like melt it over again and then free up the wire. Yeah. But like electric, oh, oh God. But like, but when it worked, when I, when I checked everything, when I got my headlights working, I was so happy. And I have a switch just like you do. I bought a little switch from AutoZone yeah. and I attached it to my interior lights. I took off my headliner and everything inside of it and mm-hmm. I didn't have any lights on the inside. So I bought LED strips and I was like, oh, I'll try to be cool and be able to do like, you know, that RGB lighting on the inside where I can control it from my phone. So I ran the wires, ran it to a switch, ran it to the battery. And I'm like, oh, like. This works. This is so cool. I feel cool for knowing this, but <laughs> the steam coming out of my brain. Oh. Trying... <laughs> Dude, it... I uh, my uh, my little experience right with um, electrical first started with my Spec D headlights. 
<laughs> it's always the headlights. It is the headlights, man. It's like it's like an initiation. Like you have to. You have to. No one tells you that they're not plug and play. Exactly. Because my taillights, the taillights were the first thing I ever did on the car. And they were plug and play. Oh, I snapped that bitch in and I was good to go. <laughs> I just, it was the best time ever. I felt so cool. I felt like a car guy. I posted it on my Instagram and everything. I'm not telling anyone that what well, Instagram that was, but um, <laughs> yeah, I just posted it. And I was I was on cloud nine. Then when I got my Spec D headlights, I was furious. I was absolutely furious because I read on the website that they were compatible with the BRZ and FRS, but they didn't specify that the connections for them were for the FRS headlights. And for so what's people the that don't know, like HID to like, uh, like no, no, not only that. Here's the the difference. the The connections for people that don't know are the FRS uses a sin, six pin connector on the headlights, while the BRZ utilizes eight pin. Ooh. So. Yep. <laughs> so that was like my first like little experience of like, oh, I gotta disconnect the wires and figure out where they go to which. Because here's the other thing too. You know, Toyota and Subaru, I guess, just hate everyone because they decided to not make the because like, right, if you thought of the headlight housing or like the headlight uh, connectors, right, you would think that they would still line up the same way in colors. No, Subaru and Toyota use two different color sets for their headlights. Oh, no. why? I don't know. And then what made it even worse was that they did use some similar colors, but they were for completely different things. So I went in uh, just like. You know, you know, doing the like little connection to each one to see what turns on <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> and it, it got to the point where I was at the end of the day and I was so over it. I was just so over it. I went and got the vampire clips, slapped them on. I was I was over it. I didn't, didn't want to continue. Um, and then I came back the next day, actually did it properly, you know, like um, crimped them and all that, like tied them together properly, everything and uh, put the tape, all that. Yep. And the satisfaction, though, is through the roof until I put on my bumper and realized that those headlights don't fit my bumper. No. And it's off by like, it's not even a lot, but it's just enough that the bumper, I get the, the legendary BRZ FRS bumper sag from it. And man, I was I was heated. I was, I was not having a good time. I was not having a good time. And then shout out to pat actually because um when he sent me the low glow kit uh th this was like early stages like before everyone started buying them now like the plug and play kits and all that um i was in when they were doing test kits like i was part of like the the very first early team and everything where he just sent you the strip he sent you the little like connector but you had to do all like the soldering and connecting yourself like you had to cut out that gel put the soldering on connect it to each one of those individual like points or like bridges oh and yikes yeah it was it was a full full job and for me for, that was my first time soldering so i was just like i have no idea what i'm doing here i have no idea <laughs> and oddly enough first try until i hit a bump and then my kit broke and then yeah <sighs> okay but you know we're getting up to like an hour on this podcast so I'm just going to say thank you to everyone that came out and listened. Uh, if you made it to this far in almost an hour in, I really do appreciate it. <laughs> to the ramblings. Uh, yeah, to the ramblings <laughs> of us just talking about random stuff. But hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you like, picked up a little something or you know, a little bit of knowledge that you can take forward with you, pass it on to others. And uh, Slippy, if you want to say anything. Uh, 
I, I guess I, I plug myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, follow me on Instagram at its.slippy because I'll finally be posting again whenever I get my Japanese piece of crap back. And Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Got to rebuild whatever small following I have so I can feel like a clout god again. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I haven't been posting. But all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, you know, I'm going to try to keep doing podcasts again because honestly, I have fun with them, especially when I talk to like you know good friends that actually want to talk about random stuff and not have to be like scripted but yeah i appreciate you guys hope everyone has a wonderful night or a wonderful day week whatever you know just hope everyone has a good time bye